Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Welcome back, listeners. I'm so excited to have you with me today. This is season two, episode two, and it is actually episode 23 of the Real Estate Masters podcast. It is my privilege and honor to host this podcast and to know, hear from you that you are getting great value. You love the content. You love the interview. So thank you for those of you that reach out that are reviewing the podcast. Please subscribe. Share with your friends that are real estate agents and be sure you subscribe so you're not missing a single episode. If you've not gone back and listened to some of the previous episodes, I really encourage you to do that. There are some incredible people that I've interviewed with amazing stories and i truly believe you find value in every single episode. Today, I'm interviewing Megan Jones, Move with Megan. She is out of the Atlanta, Georgia area, a magnificent young lady. And I so admire her and some of the things that she's accomplished at a young age. She's really got her head on straight and she's going to share with you really what her niche is, how she's built her business. But what I admire most is she's someone that is pretty much out of debt. She'll talk about that and how really she wanted to have life in order so that they were not living above their means. And I just really admire that. She's going to share about that and how that came about. I followed and I think I mentioned in the interview that she they just bought a new house and people were commenting and saying, I can't believe you didn't buy a bigger, more expensive house as with the success that you have. And so she kind of addresses that in the interview. Amazing that with her being pretty much newly married, expecting a baby and has time priorities, her time management is on key. You're going to learn from her in regard to that as well. And so really admire those two things about Megan. So I think you're going to love this interview. Please stay tuned at the end of the interview because I have some thoughts that I want to share with you that I really think that you'll find value in. So don't get off at the end of the interview. Stay and listen just for a few more minutes as I share some final thoughts. Okay, I'm going to get right to it. My interview with Megan Jones. Megan, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I know we I've contacted you a good while back and you've got a crazy busy life, like all the real estate <laughs> agents right now that are really top producers, but I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. So thank you. And just tell us a little bit about you, where you're at, okay. um, about your business. Okay, perfect. Well, first, I just want to also say thank you so much for finally getting our schedules to coordinate so we can do this. This is really exciting for me. I love talking, as you know, so this is right up my alley. Um, I am actually located in the Marietta area of Georgia, or Hotlanta, as some people like to call it, Georgia Peach. I have been in real estate, ooh, I got my license August of 2018. I kind of just got it hoping that I would transition into this amazing real estate agent, not to realize how hard it was going to be. Mm. So I joined a team for literally, I want to say April, maybe 30 days. Was not a big fan of that. And then, you know, long story short, left there, became an independent agent, 
grew rapidly and then started a team. And so that is kind of a little bit about me, a little bit about the business. And of course, we can dive into more as we keep talking today. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people would say you're a newbie, but I love that because you've just, you've come in with your guns blazing and are just (laughs) seeing an amazing amount of success. And I follow you on social media. And that's really one of the reasons I'm like, I have to get this girl on the podcast because there's so much about watching your business and your personal life. And I feel like you integrate that very nicely And I just, I very much a lot of respect for you, but so let's just go back to the beginning then. So what were the downsides for you of being on that team? Mm, So I would say the first thing is if you can already tell from my Instagram and just my personality, not that I'm not a rule follower, but I do like to do things my own way or kind of bend the spectrum or not be in a box, so to speak. And mm. when you join a team, it's that person's team. So your creative ideas or your out of the boxness or your eagerness to do more than what you were brought on the team to do could kind of throw off the balance of the team that somebody else created. And so here I, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, got on the team as a showing agent. All I was supposed to do was show houses to the clients they gave me. That's it. Not lead generate, not make offers, not go to closing. I'm just supposed to show the house and then pass it to the next person on the team to do their job. And I was like, wait a minute, I want to do more. I want to do open houses. What happens if I bring in my own leads? Like, I don't want to just work these leads. Uh, How do I build my own database? And just, I just had so many questions. I was looking more for a mentor than a job or a placement on a team where I was going to be boxed in. So that was one of the downsides for me. The second thing I would definitely say would be diversity. I am an African-American young woman and you want to be around not just a team, but a brokerage that breeds diversity of all walks of life, whether you're older, younger, black, white, Asian. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so putting myself in an environment that allowed me to thrive or seek other mentors that didn't look like me and did look like me was something that I was missing on that team. And I felt like that was another downside for me because if you can't relate to somebody, it's harder for you to visualize yourself in that person's shoes. You know what I mean? Or that you can do it too. And so that would be a second downside. And then third, I'll be honest, The money. When I realized that I was a force to be reckoned with, which I kind of already knew, I just had to figure out how to do it. And I saw that I was only missing a couple things, which was being able to bring in leads, convert them, which is not easy. So I don't want to say this as it was easy, but I just noticed that there were a few things that I needed to figure out how to do. And I could go from making X to why and be able to set my own schedule and do things a little bit different and wear my own type of wardrobe or do open houses or whatever I wanted to do, set my own parameters for this business and make more of an income. It was like, okay, girl, what are you still doing here? Rip off that bandaid, take that leap of faith, trust God and do what you got into this business to do. The whole reason I got licensed was to break free from the government job I had in the corporate world, get out of the cubicle. And I felt like I had just put myself in the same position, just a different, you know, industry. Yeah. And that that was another downside for me. 
Yeah, that that totally makes sense, and 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 I would agree. I think you're a force to be reckoned with, and probably need to be the leader of the team, not the follower on the team. So that totally makes sense. And I talk a lot about it on this podcast of just different people are, you know, we have different wiring, we're created differently, mm-hmm. with different strengths and different weaknesses, and so there are some people that it is a great fit for them to be on a team. Yeah, but and then others, you know, they want to lead the team and totally, totally makes sense. So what was then the most eye-opening thing for you when you went out on your own? What were Mm -hmm. the biggest challenges for you? And I want to say too, before I answer that, there's pros and cons with everything, right, April? So I don't want to say I jumped on that team and it was just pros. I do want to give two things that I took away from that team that I would never have gotten as far as I am now without going through those experiences. And it was number one, the experience of being head into real estate, literally being able to walk in and work with true buyers that were looking to house hunt, how to talk to them. Even though I was just showing the house, I had to communicate. I had to book the tours. I had to figure out the different skill sets of that one position for me. And that was something that in the real world, in my independent side of being an agent, I needed to know how to do that. What do you say with them when you get to the house? How do you route the houses? Like, do you take papers or do you just memorize it from your head? So learning kind of the steps of what you do with clients that are given to you or come pre-approved or whatever, that was truly a pro. And the second thing was, even though I wasn't immersed in the different aspects of the team, I was like I call a sponge. So anything I could overhear or just say, let me help you with. It was great to absorb just seeing an environment of a thriving team because they were killing it and they may still be. I don't I don't know for sure, but they were killing it. They were getting tons of leads. They were getting tons of deals done and just seeing and being an environment of success was something that was like, okay, girl, you can do this. You have to have systems. You have to have processes. There's a reason everybody does a different job. You know, just kind of understanding that side of things as a newbie, I appreciate it a lot more now that my team has grown. And now I know why you have an assistant, why you have selling agents, why you have a transaction coordinator. Right. Those two things, I really appreciated learning from that team. And that's something that really helped me set the foundation of building my team once I got the guts to do so. Oh, yeah. I love that. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with you joined a team. So you were to join them. They already had it all going. So Mm -hmm. obviously, it's not criticism of them. And, And of course, you didn't say that. You're you know, really saying positive things about them. But, and now you have your team. And when somebody joins you, they're joining mm-hmm. you. They're joining exactly. your ideas and your your way of doing things. But obviously you were a fast learner because you took that <laughs> in 30 days. Yeah. And then you jumped off and decided to go at this on your own, which yeah. is quite remarkable. And, you. and you're you. young. Do you mind to tell us no, I don't mind at all. Yeah. You, know, you can put it so in a bracket am, if you want. <laughs> no, I'm 25. I bought my first house at 21 and then got my license. I think it was the, the next year. No, it was the same year. I take that back because I graduated 2017 with up at college, KSU Go Owls. And then I'm just trying to look at the timeline. 2018, I think it was January. Yeah, end of January, I bought my first house. 
because I had to do it after getting my big girl job, which was after graduating to show proof <laughs> to the lenders I could afford it. And then I got my license in 2018 of August. And I left that big girl job scared out of my mind because I had a new house, a new car, and it was me and my dog trying to keep a roof over our head and gas in that BMW I desperately wanted at the time and <laughs> drive around and show all these houses. So that was the timeline. And now I'm 25, going on 26, April of next year, and, and really excited that I jumped in when I did. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And I, I've been fortunate to really interview some young people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If those of you that want inspiration from these young ones or you're young and want to hear those kind of stories, one of the first episodes, first few is uh, Zach Saxian from Conway, Arkansas. Young guy, he is killing it. Mm. There's Haley Turner in Cleveland. I just, I don't know if the order these will come out, but I've just interviewed and I don't know if it's live yet. Courtney Hathaway out of Akron, Ohio and Anyway, it's fun and exciting to talk to people like you that are young. And I was very young when I got into the business. Um, I actually was 18 when I got my license and then bought a major franchise and started my own. You know, back then people didn't just build teams. I would have loved to have. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, wow, I would have done so much, been so much better off than to have just been with a good company and building a team. Instead, I had to go just open up my own company and buy a franchise and all the things and with a lot of challenges. And so then I was in not just selling real estate, but I'm in the business of having to recruit agents to my company. And so the whole game changes, but, but I love someone that's young and, so you're you're 25 years old mm-hmm. and but you're not single anymore. No, honey, I's Mrs. Jones now. <laughs> Mrs. I Jones. am married with a baby on the way. Congratulations. A lot has changed. Thank you so much. Yes, Chad has been truly a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I just love that he supports me the way he does to keep my juices going and has now blessed me to be the mother of his child. We're so grateful and excited. We found out this weekend it is a girl. Another little Megan running around. (laughs) But we're very, very excited. Yes, we got married in February on Valentine's Day. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. Always exciting for babies, you know, yes, just so yes. exciting. I'm and so I, excited. I'm a mom of four girls. So enjoy, oh. enjoy her while she's young and not, <laughs> not smart mouthing you yet. So Listen, my mom was already telling me, she said, baby, you better enjoy it because once they get a certain age, you don't uh-huh. get to save me. I said, Ma, don't say that. <laughs> Well, real quick, this is not this kind of podcast, but I will just throw in these two cents. Someone told my husband when my girls, probably about they got 10, 12, 14, somewhere along Mm -hmm. in there, there's a point in time the girls do not listen to mom. Mm. And it is so important for dad to step in and lay Mm -hmm. the law down really Mm -hmm. often. But, you know, you're not going to talk to your mom that way. You're not going to treat your mom that way. Because I don't know, there's something I think we just go through this stage. Yeah. Most girls just don't like mama for a little while. But anyway, that's another podcast. So (laughs) different kind of podcast. But um, but yeah, enjoy. It's so precious. And there's nothing like those sweet babies. And 
I'm so happy for you. So Megan, what do you contribute to your success? What do you think just all of a sudden you go from being on that team 30 days later, you start your own. I mean, what did you do coming out of the gate? What, what did you do? Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, break this up into two parts. The first thing I want to say, I contribute my success ultimately, number one, to God. I was not the first to think real estate is what I want to do. I was led here just through different experiences that, you know, God went through me with, you know, went with me through and ended up in real estate. I never woke up and thought, oh my God, I want to be a real estate agent when I get older. I actually hated real estate because my parents did investment properties and had multiple properties they managed. And I thought that was the only thing of real estate. I want nothing to do with having to clean up behind people who trash. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was my thought process until I was granted the opportunity to buy my first home and share that experience with peers and people who look like me or younger and things of that nature. And then it just clicked where this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I contribute my success to God. Definitely my mother, my dad, he's not no longer with us. Uh, He passed away when I was 10. But what I did see growing up from them managing their real estate business was just beautiful. And just the hard work that he put into doing for our family. And then, of course, my clients, I would be nowhere without them, the people who instill their trust in me and love me and support me enough to help me allow them to change their life through real estate, whether that's buying, selling, or renting. So I say all that to answer that first question. And lastly, of course, my mentors, the lady who sold me my first house, Melissa Hawkins. I mean, I picked her brain, I know, 50 million times until I literally signed up for the class and then other agents I would speak to and my brokers. I mean, the list could go on. But what I did outside the gate was I had always been the type of person of, you don't know or someone doesn't know who you are and what you do unless you tell them. You cannot get anywhere in this world without being your biggest fan because if you can't showcase and share what you have to offer, why would anybody want to contribute to taking that to the next level and helping your success? So I literally started going out every day, every other day to Starbucks, different businesses Mm. and shining light on them. I would say, Hey, I'm a local real estate agent. I wanted to just interview you. Can I do a little blurb on my website, my social media about your specials, about what you offer, about, you know, any type of events coming on. I was volunteering at schools. I was volunteering for the Cobb Association of Realtors, giving back to the community. I mean, when you saw me, you knew I was a real estate agent. I had on my realtor shirts. I was doing stuff at KSU. I was blasting out to all of my social media, family members, friends, whatever. I mean, and I mean legit individual messages to every single follower of mine, every single Facebook friend of mine, every single Snapchat buddy of mine to let them know, hey, I know we're connected on social media. We may not talk all the time, but I just wanted to let you know I'm super excited about my new career path. I am now a licensed real estate agent. I have a goal to help 12 families. If you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell or if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to show that I'm approachable. Because one thing I noticed is that people didn't want to work with me in the very beginning until I got a little bit more clout or popularity behind me yeah, and experience. One, yeah. yeah. And experience. And the one thing that happened after that 
was you don't ever want to come off as unapproachable. So I continued to welcome anybody who connected with me on social media, introduce myself and just let them know I'm here when you're ready. And I think that being out the gate and just putting myself out there like that really helped. The other thing that had worked in my business. Let me just ask you, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, did you get any leads from that initial or do you feel like it was just an introduction? It was just an introduction. I will tell you the truth. I didn't start getting any type of feedback until I was consistent on social media. And what happened was I decided, okay, Megan, you got to start bringing in some bread, baby girl. Like you can't just be out here with no money and you don't have that stable income from the team. So I started showing houses for other agents. I started hosting open houses and got so good. People would pay me to host their open houses. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then I also started working with tons of renters where the top producing agents didn't have time for renters and they would pass them to me, no referral fee. So I started bringing in a lot of business and income through doing things that other people didn't want to do. Host open houses, go around all over town and show houses. And of course, help renters who sometimes you don't get as much commission with them. But those connections, I had a renter rent from me twice. I got my co-op fee for one, and then they rent it through a program where I got my full commission and then they bought a house later. So you're talking somebody was passed to me and they used me three different times and then referred me to their their friends and family. Mm -hmm. So it was things like that that got me out the gate. And when I started showing those houses and doing those open houses, even if it wasn't my client, I was posting. I was showing people that I'm out here, I'm working, I'm busy. And the Mm. more I posted, the more they were like, hey, that house you just posted, or hey, I saw that open house, or hey, what would that be as a down payment? And I said, you know what you need? Education. That's when I created the step one of my program, which is your buyer consultation first. This is just for my buyers. And that is where we sit down, have a game plan, and I talk to them about Where's your budget? Because that's another thing. Finances are a big deal. And a lot of times people are scared to even ask the question or pick up the phone. And so that kind of clears the air where you talk to them about finances, about the process, and you let them know when you're ready, I will be here. That's what's worked for my team and I. We are not salesmen. We are not salesy, pushy people. We are educators. We are empowering these women and men that work with us. And then when they're ready to take that step, we know we've built that level of trust for them to call us. Mm. And that is what has changed the game for us, honestly, as far as me jumping out the gate. Yeah, I love that. Do you, is a lot of your business first time home buyers? Yes, yes. It was the first couple of years. Now my clients are growing like right now. Yeah, yeah. I just listed today, it's a, a girl I went to school with. We were really cool in school. She is now pregnant with baby number three, married, and they need more room. Another of my clients, they're closing Friday. They're selling and buying. And I sold them their house two years ago. Now they're buying again. And so it's a lot of repeat clients who need to you know, move up or some people who are downsizing and their parents are calling me because their kids are like, hey, you got to check with my friend Megan. We went to yeah. school together or college or whatever. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that buyer consultation. My My husband and I are mentoring a young couple right now. And mm-hmm. one of our last times we were together, they're saying uh, they want to buy a house, but they have, they have no, I, I'm amazed anymore. I mean, it's like people don't get taught 
any, I don't know where they're supposed to learn it, but they don't know anything about, you know, what is an amortization? What is Mm -hmm. escrow? What, Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing. And, you know, we're just sitting talking through all those kinds of things. I'm like, okay, the first step, maybe you just go sit down with the mortgage guy and Mm -hmm. you find out what, what kind of down payment are you going to need to have? What do you qualify for and all that? But you realize how important that education is. And I'm sure that you promoting that, I'm sure you're promoting that on social media and that is opening the door for you in a great way. It has. I can see the really value has. of that. It really has. And it builds a level of trust. If you jump out the gate contacting people or they contact you and you're like, where's your approval? Let's get started. How are you servicing them? How are you setting yourself apart to really make a difference and an impact on this client? Or even when you go to a listing appointment, well, what's your bottom line? You don't ever want to jump out the gate talking to people about numbers or harassing them with questions. What you need to figure out is what is it that they have lacked in their previous experiences with moving, whether it was with a real estate agent or not. And how can you make that experience a memorable one where they're sharing it to other people and become your own army of marketers? Because nine times out of 10, of course, I've had some clients who either it didn't work out or whatever the case may be. But most of the time, our clients are raving for us because they are so appreciative and we rave for them or we Mm -hmm. keep in contact and we're at the baby showers or weddings or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And then they're like, oh, this is my realtor. You know, I was telling you about her and you don't even have to do the groundwork as much as those touch ups or those pop buys or things like that. Because when you build a real relationship first, that lasts way more than being salesy and then trying to drop cards in the mail every month or a newsletter or whatever. Right, right. And that's been the real big difference because I truly love people. And that that has taken taken my business to the next level, just being myself and capitalizing on a quality and a characteristic that God blessed me with is being a lover of people. Mm, I love that. I know you're very active on social media. Are, are there mm-hmm. other forms of marketing that you're doing? Or do you feel like that's been the real bulk of you building your, your business? That has been the real bulk of it. I will say in the beginning, it was open houses, just connecting with other people and other agents. Because one thing that has really helped is knowing other agents, honestly. Right, that's right. another re- real relationship people sometimes forget about. Mm. You don't want to just place offers on other agents' listings or take buyers to other agents' listing or you know look for buyers for your listing. You want to build a relationship with these, these agents to connect yourself to off-market properties, to connect yourself to buyers and sellers that that agent may not be able to represent. But it started with those open houses. It started with those agent caravans. It started with going to all those training courses and making my name and face known. And then social media kicked in when I had a lot of content. It started building up. And now that is truly and primarily, I would say 50-50 is my sphere of influence, people who just personally know me and my past clients, and then social media. There is not a day that goes by I don't get minimum five to 10 leads from my social media. Are you serious? Five to 10 leads a day? Yes. Yes, yes ma'am. Wow. And that's either new followers, that's either home buying, because a lot of mine are buyers, not as many sellers, to be very honest. I have a home buying one-on-one course. People request that. We had about, what, 12 people book that this week. 
And then the Facebook and LinkedIn, my LinkedIn has really picked up. I used to think I had to be super professional on it. And now I honestly just post everything I post on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now some stuff, I may change the caption up because if you read my LinkedIn caption and then read my Instagram caption, there's a few Mm -hmm. missing pieces. But it typically remains the same of my personality and Mm -hmm. professionalism mix. And I get a lot of leads through that Mm -hmm. as well. I think from watching you, I mean, I don't, I'm sure I don't see everything you post and I'm not a, do not get on social media as much as a lot of people do, but everything I see you post, even if it's personal, it's still in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And I'm amazed just, it's probably my age and culture (laughs) I'm from. I get a very amazed at some things that people as professionals, their realtor pages and things that they're putting on their social media just kind of bewilders me. But mm-hmm. I, ha- I believe what I have seen of your post that even if it's a personal, it's still done in a professional way. But that's just my opinion. Tell me a little bit about that Homebuyer 101 course, because I find that very intriguing. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened. I did this little thing after becoming debt-free where I did free consultations for the full month, whether it was about debt freedom, home buying journey, whatever, pick my brain, whatever. And I got, I think I did honestly, April over a hundred consultations that month and I was burnt out and they were still coming in the next month because now people are like, Oh my goodness, these are free. A lot of people didn't know they were free. I'm like, why would I charge you to talk to you about real estate? But you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Okay. Right. right. Fast forward. I said, there's gotta be a better way. I can educate people with the same questions and the same things that I'm getting in all these consultations, which is, what does the process look like? How do I hire Mm -hmm. you? What does it cost to hire you? What's earnest money? When do I pay? What's a good down payment? So I created a home buying one-on-one guide and then recorded a live video of myself going through it, talking through it. And it hits on the main points of the process, finances, my commission, of course, you know, buyers, agents, we don't charge our buyers. Uh, well, some do. I take that back. I don't charge my buyers. And then just all the different things, my showing agents, my team coordinator. So they are aware of my office hours, how I operate, what's to come. So when they're ready to start, they already are aware of the process. So when we talk now, those hour long consultations are now 15 minutes because it's mm. Megan, that video gave me everything I needed. I just had a couple more questions on down payment options, or right. I just wanted to make sure I understood what earnest money is, or I just want to make sure that I can grasp where I need my credit to be. So it basically walks them through what I used to do verbally every time, which is the process of home buying, what to expect, out of pocket expenses and understanding how my team operates. Mm. Yep. And it's a 20, 25 minute video. And they it's a requirement that they watch that first before booking a consultation. I love that. And mm-hmm. now are you just sending them that video? They watch it on their own or are they coming somewhere? Like, are you meeting them? And then th- th- Oh, no, gonna- it's virtual. So when COVID hit, I started really figuring out a way to make sure I could still service my clients and um, still be protecting them. And of course, myself and even now more specifically my baby. So what it is, is anytime a lead comes to me, whether it's, hey, I found you on Instagram and they DM me or hey, I called because my friend gave me your number or hey, whatever. The first thing I do is I send them my buyer initial contact form. That is a form that allows them to fill out their name, their number, address, email, 
what they're looking for, if they've been approved or not. All the questions I used to ask during a consultation is now on paper for two reasons. One, shortens our conversation because I can breeze over the summary before we talk. Mm -hmm. And two, if criteria changes, I had a one client who didn't really know what he wanted. And we were going back and forth about what he told me and what I was showing him. And so it gives me a paper trail to remind mm. my clients, this is what we've been looking for. And if you don't like it, we can alter it. But this is why I'm sending you this, or this is why your portals are set up like that. Just so they remember they hired you for a job. You don't want to be walked over and you don't want to also act as if you're not doing what they're asking. So of course we can be flexible, but just to keep a paper trail so that I'm covered and they know that I'm doing what they've asked of me unless we change it. That's very smart. I love that. Thank so you. tell me, gosh, we're running out of time and there's so many things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> tell me about what does your team consist of? What does that look like? Yeah. So my team, it's me, of course, I'm the team lead. And then there's my team coordinator. But I like to say she's my boss because Brianna gets me all the way together. My team coordinator is also my cousin and I love her so dearly. She came to me after going through seven or eight assistants. She was tired of me venting and she came on and has really changed the game. She handles my scheduling. She handles my onboarding of clients. She handles my contract to close. So those are her three big things. And sometimes like our newsletters and things like that. Then of course I have my business partners that are on the team, like my lender, my attorney, my inspector, my contractors. They're all there to keep a smooth process as well. And then I have my licensed realtor who just recently joined the team, Ayana, and she helps by either assisting with showings, assisting her own clients and or assisting my clients when I have overflow. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Transaction coordinator. No, that's still. So that's be. my TC, my team coordinator. So yeah. Brianna, because which I'm actually going to be releasing Maximize with Megan this year. It is a coaching course that shows people how I'm able to have such a small team and do so many deals. I have helped over a hundred people in the past two years of me being a full-time agent and I'm on track to do about 60 to 70 deals this year. And what I created was, remember that form I just mentioned, right? Right. When that form is sent out and they fill it out, they get an automatic email with next steps where they can book their consultation and watch the video. That's nothing I have to send. It automatically goes to them once their form is submitted. Once they book that consultation, it automatically alerts my coordinator to confirm it. Once it's confirmed, it reminds them to watch that video and fill out that form if they have not. So if somebody books a consultation first, they're reminded to fill out that form. Mm -hmm. And when they fill out that form, they're reminded to watch that video. When they get under contract, I have so many different transaction systems. And I don't know if y'all can hear the neighbors getting their grass cut. So I'm so sorry <laughs> to do. It's all right. I have systems in place where my TC has a checklist that I already created. And when something happens and she checks it off, Boom, automations kick in where we're notifying our clients. Earnest money has been submitted and filed. Boom, automatic email sent when she clicks a button. Boom, your appraisal is back. Boom, we got your ATAC back. Everything is also systematic to where she can manually take on. Like right now, we have 12 deals we're juggling. Typically, you can only juggle five to six buyers comfortably when you're an agent. I have 12 and out of those 12, two of them are listings. And we're able to do that in one month because of these systems I've created where my team coordinator 
can go boom, 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 boom and handle my contract to close because I perfected it down to a T and I like full range. I hired TCs before, but they weren't moving as fast as I like. They didn't do certain things the way I liked and I can't go in and change their business to fit me. So I created something that works for my team that anybody can do if I give them the instructions. Mm, I think that's amazing. And when you have, obviously, got to have the right people. So Mm -hmm. it seems like you've really gotten very smart in your time management. Time is money. And we all have a limited amount of time. And the fact that you are able to get the most production in a short amount of time. I want to throw out something you might be interested in looking at or some of Mm -hmm. our listeners. But I had, it was a episode 15, Matt Bergen, and he's developed a system called the property wand. And he's not, he's not telling me anything. He's not giving me anything to promote this. I just interviewed him and I just thought this was so great. It's called proper. You can go to propertywand.com. Okay. But it is, he developed this whole system. He said he loved, like he ordered a Papa John's pizza and how he would get those text updates that, your, you know, your pizza's being prepared, your pizza is come out of the oven, your pizza is now being delivered, it should be, you know, all the updates. And so he said, wow, if I could have something like that for my clients, you know, Mm -hmm. your appraisal has been, your appraisal has been ordered, your appraisal has come back, your, you know, all of the steps and they're getting updated, doesn't take away from that personal communication, but it does keep them in the loop of where things are in the process. And um, so he created that system and it sounds amazing. Um, I haven't used it because I'm not, I no longer sell real estate. I'm not an active agent any longer, but anyway, just throwing that out there. I think it's very inexpensive too. I don't remember. Okay, I'll take a look because that's typically, it sounds like what I had created and he had the same idea because my thing was if I'm out in the field and I'm working with typically 10 to 12 buyers at a time, sometimes even more, how can I keep everybody updated if I'm out showing houses or, you know, on a consultation? And now with a click of a button, I'm able to send them updates about their transaction. When things like that happen, the appraisal comes back, they're clear to close or, you know, the ATAC comes back, due diligence is ending, reminding them about, you know, you need to make sure you get your homeowner's insurance set. All of that stuff now is accessible to myself and my team coordinator for us to work together. But typically she does it all. But if she's out like on the weekends and something happens, I'm able to jump in right where she left off. So talk to me a little bit about the debt freedom. Mm, okay. Or, or, or I mean, you can just put it in personal. I mean, how, so I, I saw your post about your home mm-hmm. and the home you bought. And I, now I'm not going to be able to remember exactly what you said about it. But I, I remember the point you said a lot of people wanted to know why you didn't buy a bigger and greater and better house yeah. um, with all the success that you have. And, and I, I picked up on that debt freedom is important to you. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that journey. I, I, okay. I mean, it's. Yeah. So let's start with the debt freedom. Dave Ramsey, I never forget it. I was driving uh, on a long road, Jesus, very long road to show a house to a client. And I said, you know what, Megan, it's time to stop bebopping your head to the latest Migos song or an old school Aaliyah jam. You need to be educating yourself when you're on this road. I don't care if it's about real estate. I don't care if it's about self-care. Just put on a freaking podcast and ride out. So I came across, and I was always thinking about the best ways to be smart with money, and I came across Dave Ramsey. And the first thing he said on the podcast was, debt is dumb, cash is king. 
And when I thought about it, I said, well, if that ain't the truth, I don't know what is. And I then went back home and calculated the debt I had. And mind you, my mom put me through school. I paid for my housing and stuff, but I had no student loans. I had no big accumulation of debt from school, which most kids get that. So I was like, where's this debt coming from? Honey, I was swiping that car left and right. Nails getting Mm. done every week, eating out, going to the Buckhead bars, Uber here, Lyft there, drink here, drink there. It was adding up to where I was spending at least six, seven hundred dollars a month on just outings with friends. And you're not paying that cash and you're swiping. It's really a mind thing if you feel like you're not spending money until you look back and see what you owe. So Mm -hmm. I had that new car. I had that credit card debt. And then I had a couple Best Buy bills from like my laptop and phone. And so I said, this is ridiculous. I'm not about to be owing people the rest of my life and not able to enjoy the fruits of my labor and the money that I'm able to bring in to support myself and my dogs at the time. It was just me. And so fast forward, he talked about the seven steps, save a thousand dollars first. Boom. I did that. You couldn't tell me nothing when I had saved them thousand (laughs) dollars and boom, it was snowball your debt, pay off the smallest to largest. And I did that. And I'll never forget the feeling of paying my car off and my highest credit card off. I felt so free and I said, I never want to feel strapped by debt again like that if it's not an asset, meaning, you know, my our properties that my husband and I have, of course, we have loans on all three of our properties, but they're assets. If we have to sell these bad boys, we can and make money. Right. So from that, I really got on a strict budget and that. I kid you not, is how I was able to survive being an agent. Because a lot of times people are like, how can you survive and you don't make stable income? When you learn how to budget, it don't matter if you get paid once a year or once a month or 50 times a month. When you know how to budget, you know how to make that money stretch. And that's what Dave Ramsey taught me. So fast forward, when I got out of that, my husband and I were talking, we sold my townhome and he had his savings and we said, okay, we're getting ready to do this. And this was before we were married. We were, we were engaged. Uh, no, no, no. We weren't even engaged yet. Th- that tells you how direct I am. I told Chad, I said, this is the plan I want. I want to sell this house. I want to buy a new house. We weren't supposed to be buying a house until we got married. But I was like, nope, I want a fresh start. If we're going to be together, I want us to move and be in our own place together. Not you come in here and you start taking over my bills because I don't like that. I want us to have something together and you take over the bills if that's what you want to do. So we went and sold the townhome, stayed with my mom for 45 days or so and saved $100,000. Oh, my word. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. $100,000 then went to us being able to do 20% down on our house. And what was crazy to me is Chad and I could have afforded a million dollar home based on the money we both bring in. But my thing was, it's three of us, me, you and a dog. It don't matter who going to be in this big house cleaning it. And more importantly, (laughs) I don't want to be looking over my shoulder when he's gone to work. If I'm working from home and I feel uncomfortable. And secondly, I want to at least be able to see my neighbors and they not be 30, 40 years older than us or whatever the case may be. So we decided we were going to cut it in half and try to stay under a half a million dollars. So we didn't even get approved because I know if I saw the numbers, I would spend more money. We just looked at whatever we liked in a certain area, whether it was low budget, middle budget, high budget. Once we realized taxes and what we wanted to pay per month, we thought about, do we want to do this where we both have to contribute? Do we want to do this where Chad can handle everything on his own? And Chad preferred, which made perfect sense, 
babe, we need to do this where I can do it by myself. So if you need to be pregnant, come down the line and don't want to work, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Or if something happens to me and you're working, you're good to handle it by yourself. We wanted to do it on one income, basically. So that's why we didn't buy the big house or Mm. I feel like our house is big enough. I mean, it's nice, but that's why people were expecting us because when you share so much on social media, people feel entitled to your life, which is fine. Sometimes (laughs) you just got to check them, but they feel entitled to say things like, oh my God, I thought you would have had a three or four car garage or, you know, a grand staircase or this or that. And my thing is, we rather be below our means and enjoy the fruits of our labor and our income mm-hmm. than be paying 5000 a month into a home that we can't even furnish now because of yeah. the money it takes to keep it up. Because people yeah. don't also really understand it's not just your mortgage, it's your taxes, it's your insurance, mm-hmm. it's your HVAC systems, it's your hot water heaters, it's your painting or flooring or whatever you want to do, that all adds up as a bill. And so keeping us below our means prepared us to have the wedding we wanted to have debt-free. We paid for our wedding cash. It prepared us to take two honeymoons paid for cash. It prepared us to now be able to provide a lifestyle for our child and get her whatever she wants because our bills are based on one income. So my money is play money. I can go to Target like I want to. I can do whatever I want to do. I can plan our fun stuff while Chad handles the household stuff. And that works for us. And I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad he kept me practical because I was getting sucked in. I wanted what I saw other people had. And I had to remind myself, Megan, y'all are 25, 24 and 25 at the time. Now about to be 25 and 26. What do you need with a 6,000 square foot home? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's dirty, just like that 2,000 square foot house does. Exactly. And I'm sure as we grow and our family expands and we are able to save three, four hundred thousand and then do the same thing and keep things on one income, we will eventually size up. But for right now, always staying below our means is the motto so that we are not biting off more we can chew. Just because you can afford the monthly payment doesn't mean you can truly afford the full expense. Yeah, well, I think it is so respected. Um, I respect you greatly for just the mindset that you have. And uh, Megan, you're just, you're a ball of energy. And at 25 years old, it's just so admirable, really your whole mindset. And so last question, I think I could say it in two different ways, but Baby Jones is coming. Yes. You, You talked about two honeymoons. How are you handling taking off or the balance of life? Do you feel like you've got, you said you've got that, that other agent, the buyer's agents that's come on board with you. So Mm -hmm. do you feel like that gives you the freedom? So when you're at the hospital having a baby, you're going to be able to really thoroughly enjoy that not worried about Mr. Buyer over here that's Mm -hmm. got us something Mm -hmm. going wrong on that transaction. So how does that work for you? So it's a number of things. The first thing I'll say is I got in this business to create my own lifestyle and flexibility. So when I had children, I wasn't having to ask somebody to take off or ask somebody, can I go to my doc, my child's doctor's appointment or their game or whatever the case may be. And it's more so a mindset of making sure I set those boundaries because I am personally the one who can control it. And what happens is when you work with people who truly appreciate you 
and love you. And I'll be very honest. I say love because my clients and I, the relationships we have, we truly, we do have a type of love for one another. And I don't say it like, oh my God, I love you so much. You know, that type of thing. But it's like, you truly care for that person and that client that the boundaries that you sometimes even forget to create for yourself, your clients bring up. When I became pregnant, literally five or six of my clients were like, oh, we're not calling you. We're calling Brianna to set up tours with Ayana because you need to rest. It's your first trimester. Mm. You need to get your water. We, you need to did it up. So the balance comes from number one, reminding myself that I got in this business to do just that, have a little bit more control, being okay with that. And if someone is not okay with that, that means they're not the client for me and I'm not the agent for them. And I have to remember all businesses and good business. I cannot serve everyone. And I do have to ultimately put God first, family second, business follows. And that has been my work-life balance. I will say the biggest thing I struggle with is because I'm always on go, it's more so me saying slow down, having to remind myself, it's not my clients pressuring me. It's not my family. It's literally me not knowing sometimes how to just sit still. It's ridiculous that I have to create those boundaries. So I have my Thursdays as off days. I've started getting wow. in a little, like, mm-hmm, every Thursday is an off day because I used to work seven days a week. And when Brianna came on, she said, how come I got two days off on the weekend and you have no days off? I said, well, wow. that's a good question. I never thought about having a day off. She said, yeah, don't everybody else get a day off? You need a day off. I said, you're right. So every Thursday, my do not disturb goes on. My clients know. And if it's an emergency, Brianna calls me on my personal phone. Mm. When we had the wedding, I shut down for, I think, a week. And everybody knew it was silence. They waited for me to come back. And that's how it's going to be when my baby gets here. And anybody wow. who needs direct assistance or is a little bit more demanding again, Thank you so much for thinking of working with us. But unfortunately, due to the circumstances of the way we run this team, we will not be the best team to assist you. Mm. And that is where it's going to stand because now my health, my child comes first and people who work with you with like-minded values will understand. I love that. Good for you. you. And I love you take Thursday off. I mean, yeah. and, and you really do. I mean, I do. and that's amazing. So you have two phones. Yes, I, picked I up. do. I do. I have a work phone. It's so funny. My mom and Chad laughed at me when I bought the second phone because I said, this phone is going to be blowing up like a hotline. Y'all just wait and see. Like I've always been a manifester of like you speak it into existence. And so I had two phones. I was paying two bills. And now I love it because on Thursdays that do not disturb comes on. I put my automatic text on. I got it on my voicemail, got it on my email. And the people who need to reach me on my personal phone, my mom, my husband, my aunts, my grandparents, you know, Brianna, they have that number. And anybody else who doesn't have that number and they know it's Thursday, they'll even say, hey, I text you, but don't respond to this until you get in the office tomorrow. Or, hey, you know, I know you're off. Just wanted to send it before I forget. They respect my off time. And that those are the type of people I want to work with just because they respect that I'm a human being, you know, that I need to replenish so I can be at my best to serve them. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm trying to Google really quick this. There's a great book by John Eldridge called Get Your Life Back. Have you read it? No, I have not. Okay, you need to read this book. And I listen to it on audio. I love audio books. So great book, Get Your Life Back. And it just just what you're talking about. But, and one of the things he talks about, and that's what made me think about it is that um, having two phones mm-hmm. so that the one gets shut down 
And yes. you've got one that, you know, just your f- close family mm-hmm. would have access to you, but at the right time. And so it's just, it's a great, great book. You will love it. And so I hope you'll read it. Let me know what you think about it, Megan. Yeah, but. I'm definitely going to have to grab that or do a podcast. I'll tell you, my reading has to get better, especially for Baby Girl. She has so many books. I said, Lord, I got to get back into it. Mostly well, it's a podcast, but I'll definitely look into it. Well, do the audio book. So, and I highly, I re- highly recommend the audio because I think there's actually little extras that are in the audio book. And I love audio books because I can do that while I'm putting my makeup on exactly. and fixing my hair and, Yes. Driving down the road, like you said. And yep. um, so audiobooks and podcasts are my thing as well. So Megan, oh gosh, we've made this a long interview. And I'm <laughs> sorry to our listeners, but I know that you've you've just uh, soaked so much up and you have so much energy. And I just love that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for taking time out to be a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, I so appreciate Megan and there's going to be in the notes of the podcast, how you can send a referral Megan's way, reach out to her to let her know you appreciated her taking time to be on the interview. As always, I really appreciate our guests and the fact that they'll take time to give back. So if you've got a referral that you could send Megan's way, I know that she would greatly appreciate that. And if nothing else, I know she would appreciate just a kind comment of what you got from the interview. I really encourage you to stop right now and think about, let your mind stop really is what I mean. And think about what did you get from this interview? What is your takeaway and what action steps do you want to take from that? So often we have all this good information that we absorb. I'm a person, I love audiobooks. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to read. And I take all this information in, but if I'm not careful, I don't do anything with that information. I don't, I won't even remember it later down the road. So I think it's important that on purpose, you stop and just think about what is your takeaway? Is there something that you want to implement into your business because of the things that you heard in this interview? And maybe you're not copying exactly the things that Megan does, but it's made you think of something that you do need to implement into your business or maybe into your personal life of taking time off. I know that if you are a faithful listener to the podcast, you realize the value of getting information from other people and understanding how people work. So let me tell you, I have a new cohort that is starting a maximum of 12 agents. Everyone is busy. I know that. This is an investment in you, your career, you as a person. This My cohorts meet twice a month through Zoom. They'll be agents from all over the country. We meet one time a month and we study a Berkman assessment. A Berkman assessment is a high level executive assessment. You will not find anything else like it. Look it up, read about it. Berkman assessment. The Berkman assessment will assess you on nine emotional intelligent behaviors. And when you really begin to understand in these nine different categories, what your needs are. As a person, we all have needs, but they're not all the same. What do you need? For me, I can tell you, I need time away alone. I need time by myself. That is one of the things that I got when I took the Berkman assessment about, oh, probably 12, 13 years ago. The one thing that probably my husband and I came away with was understanding 
that was a real need in my life. And when I don't get time by myself, well, my stress triggers start showing up, uh, my stress behaviors. And so understanding what needs you have in these different nine different areas, then understanding what your stress behaviors are, when those needs are not met, what you look like in a really stressful situation. And when you understand that and are aware of that, and then you can make the people that you work with somewhat aware, or you put some uh, boundaries up and some safeguards, or you know, for me, I know that at least about once a quarter, I need to get away. My husband and I work very like almost 24 seven when we're home. And so for us to get away a little bit, that gives us that margin to take time off. And I'm good with it. I can work 24 seven, but other people have different needs and they work in different ways. So that is one of the things that we do the one time a month in that cohort. And then the second one is we are iron sharpening iron with those other people in our cohort, those other top producer agents. This cohort is for top producers or agents that are working to become top producers. You might not be a top producer right now, but you're working like you are one and you foresee that to happen very soon. So let me just tell you, we gain so much from one another. And I think this group coaching is very much as effective for most people as private coaching. I do coach privately. I'm happy to speak with anyone about what that looks like, but I love these cohorts. Again, I believe there can be just as much value in that or more as in private coaching. So let me encourage you, if that is something that you're interested in, this is an investment. It's not cheap. I had a time when I offered some specials to my podcast. I'm so busy now that that's not right. It's not available any longer. And I believe that my agents show up better when they've made this investment. So feel free to reach out for more information. I'm going to put a link in the notes where you can see more about what those nine emotional behaviors look like that we're learning about ourselves from the assessment. And then also what kind of things that we're doing in that second meeting a month. This is a year-long commitment. And I know that many of you, you need this. So reach out to me and or look at the notes and the podcast notes and let's move forward. Iron sharpens iron. We know and believe this principle. So what are you waiting for? Don't be an island to yourself. And many of you being in a leadership position, you lead your team. Sometimes that can be a lonely place. And to be in this cohort with other people that are in similar settings that you are in and to learn from one another, hold each other accountable, challenge one another, you're going to find great value in this. So let's get signed up and we'll look at that cohort that's going to be starting very soon. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Many, many blessings to you and we'll see you soon.